Edwin K. Morris, and you are about to embark on the next Pioneer Knowledge Services Because You Need to Know, a digital resource for you to listen to folks share their experience and knowledge around the field of knowledge management and nonprofit work. Hi, I'm Yavi Caro, and I am originally from Puerto Rico. Now I live in sunny Florida. And my day job is primarily being a tech consultant, project manager, scrum master, a bunch of different things within the Department of Defense in the tech field. I'm also the host of the podcast, Hardcore Soft Skills, which I created a couple of years ago, particularly to focus on those skills, those non-technical skills that are so essential for uh, any project, for our roles. And I've been wanting to go deep into those. And every week I talk with renowned experts. We dig deep into different skills like negotiation, conflict resolution. So in each episode, a different skill. I'm also been in the field of knowledge management for about a, a decade or over a decade now. And I enjoy it very much. I, I love talking about in terms of the combination of knowledge management with how organizations work, how connections are created. Um, so the last book I read was called Kung Fu, and it's actually from uh, Stan Horn. And what I love about that book is that it provided so much specific advice on how to basically do martial arts in verbal communication. So it was very interesting in the sense of uh, how to say no, how to address difficult conversations, how to sell yourself and why elevator speeches do not work. So I enjoy uh, that book very much. That's very cool. So kind of a, a defensive posture in the mental space of verbal communication. Yeah, I guess it's, it is, wow. you know, I like that concept. She coined that term tongue fool. So uh, I, I love it. Very much. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, uh, that's cool. Can you define for me what a soft skill is? A soft skill is those skills that are not necessarily associated to a particular, you know, a task such as, for example, I like to define it in comparison with hard skills, like hard skills, meaning like how do you operate a system? How do you do a particular task? A soft skill is, let's say, a little bit mushy in the sense of like they're considered, it is presumed that we have them overall by as part of our personality, like you're yeah. a great communicator or yeah. you are great at resolving conflict. Those other things that if we didn't have them, basically whatever our day-to-day -day lives will be very difficult. And the key thing is to understand that it's a skill, that it's something that is learnable yeah. too. So if I'm not a great communicator in public, I could become one through practice. Yeah. The same through negotiation, collaboration, because some of us um, may love working with teams. Others will say, well, I don't want to work with teams, but not necessarily because we all like to collaborate. There's just techniques and tools to do that. So that's what I mean by the term soft skills. Would comprehension and awareness be a soft skill? In your book, I, Comprehension and Awareness? Um, I think they're building blocks for a skill. Like, for example, when you're talking about awareness, a skill, I will define, yes, awareness, like self-awareness or even awareness of others. So those yeah. are, and those yeah. are things that we definitely need to cultivate and remind ourselves because sometimes we well, just, I'm, I'm, yeah. Well, I'm curious about yeah. that because the, in the last five years or so, empathy has become a part of the corporate landscape and as far as being empathetic, an empathetic leader, an empathetic listener, collaborator, and empathy 
is not a, what I would call a technical skill, mm-hmm. and it's definitely mushy to a lot of folks. What's behind getting soft skills reinforced in an organization? Yeah, it's important, and, and from what I've seen, you can have a team of like wonderful people that are amazing in what they do, yet when it comes time to get them all together, work in a room, just have a meeting, it becomes very difficult at times, you know, if you didn't have the ability to facilitate another skill, to facilitate a meeting, to understand like, okay, this is a, this is a way we could do it. And these are the tools that we can use to facilitate. It is important to listen, which is a, a very overlooked skill as well. So uh-huh. it is the foundation for making sure that those hard skills, that those all brilliant people are actually able to create great things. So as I say in my podcast, soft skills make hard skills work. Because it's very important that, yes, you have all the awesome people in your team, but how do you make sure that they work together in a way? How do they manage their time? And especially now in these times where we are transitioning from remote work to in-office work, so in both environments or hybrid, the ability to work together and find the right tools for that is very important to make sure that your company or your organization is productive and that everybody can be happy at work and just produce great things. Is there a solution out there that is either artificial intelligence or just technology-based that helps fill this gap? Um, the gap of... Uh, the soft skills? No. Like, mm-hmm. you can't just say, okay, we're going to spend the next five years, every week we're going to train on soft skills, and everybody's going to do this, and we're, we're all going to get better, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, is there something that supplements the workspace to help elevate soft skills um, without a formal, you know, taking a two-week course or, you know. Yeah, because taking, I guess, the AI or, or like the automation part, let's say. So you could take like a course and okay. you could take things like, for example, I'm, I'm thinking of there's tools that may want to be able to automate chat, for example. They could be configured in a way that you could use better terms, so like, a, you know, more empathetic terms or things like that, that those things, they, yeah. they, they could be trained, yeah. this could be trainable. Yeah. However, when it comes to working together, that part of working together to create those things, very yeah. important to you as individuals, cultivate those skills. And it's not just, I'm glad you mentioned the part of courses, because you could take courses, listen to a bunch of podcasts, but it's through practice and even getting a coach for that or, or getting people yeah. to help you practice that is very important too. It's not just like, I took a class, now I'm a master public speaker, of course not. So it's, right. it's a matter of like practicing yeah, and getting coaching too. Yeah. You see that soft skills is an artifact of a work culture or is the work culture define the soft skills? Right. Is, is there a prescription to make a good selection in one hiring Mm -hmm. and two building that culture that wants this Mm -hmm. edge of having the soft skills yeah and actually it's great that you ask that questions because what i've seen for example in many teams is that you have some people that will hire yeah okay we're going to hire these people for their technical skills and these are the other people that will be like oh they're a great communicator or they bring the soft skills in but why not ingrain both in all the Uh, individuals that you have in the organization? Because you will have, you could hire uh, amazing people and have this other person that you're going to think are going to fill in those gaps for the soft skill. And it may not always work. So it's important that as you bring people in, there are ways and there are a lot of uh, assessments and things that you can do to kind of assess like how are the soft skills now. But you may not necessarily need to hire for that. You could just ensure that within your organization, you have a foundation for ensuring, like, for example, 
um, how you work. Like, do you have a safe uh, mm -hmm. work environment where people can speak what they, the truth, yeah. basically, or that you create that foundation in, already in your work environment and you can facilitate those interactions with people. So it's not a matter of like you hire a person, yeah. they yeah. be bad on empathy, Terrible. therefore I'm not going to yeah. hire them, that sort of thing. So it's a matter of, of making sure that, that you also, as a manager, hiring manager, that you work with leadership in the organization to make sure that you, you have those things in place to make sure that you create a safe environment for collaboration, opportunity to expand yourself in any skill, hard or soft. So if you had to pick out the top two soft skills that are must-haves, what are they? Oof. Like, that's difficult. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've talked about uh, 50 plus in the podcast. Uh, I'm like, oh, that's important, uh, that's important. I think overlook listening is so important. And I've talked to a few people in the podcast about that. It's not something like, I'm going to get better at listening today. Yeah, you, <laughs> your partner may tell you, you need to be a better listener. But, you know, sometimes at work, it's just uh, a lot of the miscommunications and, and hours lost yeah. are because people didn't listen correctly. So definitely listening is a key skill yeah. and adaptability, meaning adaptability because Shifting okay. environments, you know, we had COVID a few years ago. That kind of shook us heavily. And if we were not able to adapt quickly, yeah. you know, yeah. you could see it was heavy mentally for a lot of us. After learning from that, we know yeah. things can happen. We know things change, layoffs happen, hiring happens. We just have to be learned to be adaptable. How do we learn from others? How do we learn new things to key skills that we need to cultivate now? Yeah, I think those are two key ingredients to a lot of work. You have to yeah. be able to adapt and be resilient to change and be willing to change with the change and not fight it. There are points where it's acceptable to have some stand up and, hey, we're not doing what? that or what have you, you know, for logical or good reason maybe, but for the bigger picture, yeah, you definitely have to kind of get along to get along in some regard. Yeah. Let's go ahead and switch up. And I want you to define for me what knowledge management is. Oh, great. And I, I was just yeah. laughing because, it, you know, I work with the Department of Defense and it becomes a, a big discussion all the time. Like, let's define uh -huh. knowledge management. And it could be hours of conversation just trying to define the concept. Uh, discipline that conveys our ability to capture, organize, and share information, knowledge in an organization. So I think that's kind of like a general um, definition. And, I, and I'm sure after I'll go back and say, I should have said this also about <laughs> knowledge management. So I think it's a wonderful discipline. And I, but I think there's um, yeah. one thing is that even within the Department of Defense, for example, there's a lot of misunderstandings too about what knowledge management is. So they think it's SharePoint and portals. I think it could be leveraged much more, particularly as we transition in a, or hear more about data management. Mm -hmm. There could be a lot of more interaction and opportunity for KM, which I don't think it's necessarily obvious for a lot of people. What is the evolutionary transition of knowledge management? As you see it, you've you've worked in Department of Defense and they have a very established parameter of where it sits and what it does and how it operates. But is it lost a little bit with the culture, do you think? Um, it might be. Um, I think it might be lost in the opportunity, like as people who who they have a role of knowledge management in an organization, maybe sometimes we're kind of 
working in a vacuum, like necessarily like focusing on like, okay, I'm going to help this particular customer in this particular thing. And that strategic view of how knowledge management can help advance things and be truly aligned to the mission, sometimes I think gets lost because of the, it's important to have a bird's eye view of things and really consider ourselves in KM essential part of leadership, like working hand on hand with commander or whoever in terms of, hey, we're here to help you. Here's how knowledge flows through the organization. So I think there's so much opportunity there that sometimes gets lost in the uh -huh. task of doing, you know, uh -huh. you know. What have you seen change in the evolution of knowledge and its management? Evolution of knowledge and its management? I've seen there's a lot more emphasis, I guess, in um, ensuring that it's discoverable, I believe. It, it might be efforts to tag content, to label content. I think that's a good change that I've seen to make sure that it, there's no multiple versions of things. I've seen, uh -huh. at least in the DOD, more collaboration in that sense of ensuring that information across the board, this understanding of like this or this division here, for example, and this other division, we all have the same knowledge. Let's consolidate that. So a good change on that, that I could say. Is it all technology has been leading the evolution or is it people? Um, a lot people. There's a lot more effort of intra, uh, like collaboration across the board. And that's how, <laughs> in an effort, I guess, also from people, individuals, sorry, our motivation, like we want to save time. We want to be able to uh, find the answers quickly. People drive a lot of that change because part of the knowledge management aspect is that there's a lot of interactions across the board and not people just staying in their silos. So yeah. I think there's a lot, being a lot more growth in that. Flatter organizations, people realizing the importance of yeah. that and kind of acting accordingly. Let's wrap up both ends of this discussion around how does a, a small business, a small nonprofit, a small organization think about how they build their company, their business with the thought of soft skills and knowledge management forefront to think about how should they engage their people well, and their knowledge. Um, so it will be important for that organization to ensure that they have in place already, like just capturing the knowledge, capturing the processes, capturing like this is how we do things and it doesn't need to be anything complicated. It's just like, here's our standard operating procedures. Here's how we expect to do things. And aside from just taking that information and just posting it somewhere, and like the great thing about small organizations is that there's a whole lot more collaboration at once. So for example, daily stand-up meetings or doing like weekly things, but doing that like the sort of like, yeah. hey, here's what yeah. I'm working with. Here's what I need help with, but not just keeping status, just like kind of like the whole collaboration. So collaboration will be key. And especially uh -huh. since the beginning in a general organization, uh -huh. giving people the opportunity to realize like, hey, we're, we're a yeah. team, we're here to work together. Let's share that information. That's part of the soft skill uh -huh. of collaboration, trust, and in the sense of knowledge management, making sure that that is information is captured somewhere and then everybody has access to it, seeing both the information and the interactions as a collaborative effort. Well, I like that. So what you're saying is that in this instance, if they can create a documented process or your, your standard operating procedures, something that documents the overall movement, uh -huh. and then you reinforce that with daily or weekly sessions, uh, and you're, you're basically uh -huh. trying to get people to communicate and collaborate, 
And so you're setting a stage for behavior mm-hmm. to be ingrained in people that that's this is how we do things. I'm bringing that up because that seems to be a key mm-hmm. ingredient in building a work culture. If you can do that, then you would really be ready and prepared to scale up, mm-hmm. I would think. You know, if, yeah. you, if you've got those base mechanisms built yeah. in and people understand it and why they do yeah. it, then you can start to scale up as long as this facilitates that growth. Yeah, and that's right. And the great thing, I love working in small teams or being part of like new initiatives. Everybody knows what they're doing. They're supporting each other. You know, you provide a, a suggestion and the the other yeah. persons are appreciative of that. Once you start growing, it's important to make sure that that's kind of kept in a way that as you grow, everybody's doing the role and you forgot what the other person on the other side was doing and that collaborative effort kind of gets lost or like uh, gets defensive of like, no, 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 this is fine lane. So that's the key of like, as you grow, making sure that you emphasize that. That's very important as you scale up to keep that sense of trust and collaboration. How do you measure success when you're trying to look at soft skills and knowledge management? Is there a metric that you have in mind in performance or, or some evaluation to start looking at a return on investment? Mm, That's an interesting question. And I think it will not be to measure the soft scale or the knowledge management in itself. You will measure it with your product, like what you're delivering. Like uh, if you are part of a development team, for example, and you are um, expected to produce these things, you're not going to measure that development team in like the scale of trust, empathy and all that stuff. You measure the fact that how they produce things. Are they meeting projects on time, delivering stuff on time, yeah. the velocity, I guess. That will be a good way. Just you measure by the product itself. You don't measure the thing, like yeah. the, the level yeah, of yeah. KM in itself necessarily. You measure the result, and that's what you care about. You want to see the whole purpose of soft skills, and as well as knowledge management, too, is to measure the, the result of means to get to that end, which is a more effective organization and more motivation. You could measure it in the way of like, you uh-huh. know, or job satisfaction too. So those things will be used to measure instead of like measuring the skill in itself. You could measure, I guess, the okay, maturity, but that's that's just means to an end. Yeah. What leaders want to care about is, is my team producing? And also if, the man- if I'm a manager, I, is everybody happy? Okay, all good. Yeah. So that's pretty much. Yeah, and that yeah. requires a level of awareness uh, for whoever's mm-hmm. eyeball on that to really see what's happening. If you were going to measure communications, you're going to do a an analysis of in the team structure, who communicates and who doesn't, who's your outlier, you know, and those types of patterns. Right. They can kind of game that system just to, if they know somebody's looking at that number, right? So they just well, game the system and it doesn't really add value. But right. one thing that you brought out was velocity. And I never really thought of it like that because knowledge management and soft skills gives a velocity enhancement to the organization's ability. I like that because velocity I get, you know, that's speed, that's that's movement. That means there's nothing blocking the the pathway of the vlo- yeah. of the mission of the product. And mm-hmm. I just think that's a brilliant concept. We need to figure out how we measure velocity of an organization. I think that's the new yeah. metric. What's your velocity? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. And that concept came about like um, in the development world as you measure, like, you know, you have your user stories, which are the requirements for a particular product. And when the developers get together in a Scrum framework, they assign story points to a particular story, to a task. And as you define, like, these are the points, and it's not a points of like, 
points do not equal hours. So they equal like complexity. Okay. Oh. Um, there's a way to measure that, that, you know, you calculate and as you okay. measure sprint by sprint, then you're able to measure like kind of like the velocity of the team. That's in, in the gist idea of the whole thing. Um, but I like your idea, Edwin, of, of kind of finding ways of measuring the velocity of the organization. Yeah, I think I'm sure I, there's research on that. There's yeah. got to be a dashboard somewhere where somebody's looking at their velocity. I mm -hmm. like it. Any last words of wisdom? I'm curious to know from your end, what do you think are the soft skills that you think we should cultivate more? There's a lot of talk in publications around grit and that ability to adapt and get along and, and yeah. move on. Uh, the grit factor to me is that internal combustion that a human has to just keep pushing, keep going, don't take no for an answer kind of thing, perpetuate the motion to forward. Sustainability, internal sustainability, self-awareness, listening for sure, communications in a format. So I've been military and there is a format for construction of communications. And I want to say to the general public out there, if you're one of these folks that is a mad typist and thinks that sending 900 word emails is a good thing, <laughs> no, stop that. So I think training people how to communicate <laughs> and communicate efficiently is a key ingredient <laughs> because more is not better. So the conciseness of what the communication is, I think, is a key ingredient to the training. Uh, communication has to be concise, understandable, usable, and all those things. And if someone is not practicing that, but they are very verbose and can type, uh, you know, 500 words a second, they're not going to communicate with me well. Conciseness of communication, I think, to me, is a, is a pet peeve, as you can tell, a bit of a pet peeve. I, I think there's a lot of moving parts to soft skills, and I bet you 10 years from now, the soft skills are probably not going to change much, but the tech or the hard skills are going to keep changing all over the place. Yeah, definitely. And having adaptability will help you adjusting to that too. Adjusting yeah. to the future, yes. <laughs> the typing the emails part, I, I hear your pain. You hear me? I know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, it's not easy, you know, getting being concise takes time, but but I appreciate that. <laughs> fill that page up. Fill the page up, you know. So I think there's an automatic pilot for some people to just fill that page up. Well, yeah. thank you very much, Yadi. It's been a blast to talk with you today. Well, great talking with you, too. You have just finished our latest Because You Need to Know a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services. Please join us on LinkedIn and find us at pioneer-ks.org.